ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event. Are you ready? Let's get ready to ramp up your sales. And now the man you've been waiting for, he is the real thriller in Manila. The undisputed, undefeated, reigning, defending, pound for pound, heavyweight, John, the sales machine, Franken! Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is a Canadian powerhouse entrepreneur, author, and public speaker. He is the CEO of Surf and founder, which has revolutionized loyalty and rewards platforms globally. Collaborated with giants like Netflix and Amazon, raised over $8 million with backing from NBA players and top venture firms. He's the co-founder of Track Limits Podcast and author of The Young Entrepreneur. He is a LinkedIn top voice, with the staggering, listen to this, people, 200 million content views. Like, that's bigger than countries, all right? He's got over 138,000 followers. He's definitely doing great work in the mental health space. And he has graced the stages of TEDx, Harvard, the United Nations, and he's a consultant to Fortune 500 companies. He's recognized as one of Canada's top entrepreneurs. Please welcome Swish Gazwami. Thanks so much, John. I really appreciate that. That background got me in. <laughs> yeah, well, you've did a lot of things and you deserve a lot of credit and you've helped a lot of people. Um, Thank and you. so I definitely want to get into what you do, how you do it, and why you do it because uh, you're doing good at it. So uh, tell me a little bit about how. Now you're you you what you're doing with surf, but how surf came about? Like, did you have your own problem? Like, where did you did you did you work with a lot of Fortune 500 companies that had a problem, and you decided, you know what, I'm gonna fix this? Yeah, that's no, a great question. You know, I started surf about five years ago. Um, I previous to surf was a college student at the University of Toronto. And in college, I had the opportunity to work with my friend Elliot, who created this Instagram account at Dunk, at Dunk on Instagram. Uh, Elliot had grown the account to about 1.8 million followers at the time. It's now at about close to 3 million followers on Instagram. And I came on board as his co-founder and worked with him in New York for about a year and a half. So I dropped out of my second year of college, moved to New York, lived there for two years. And through my experiences at Dunk, we had grown about 21 accounts on Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat with 11 million followers overall. And it gave me a really wow. cool inside look into community building, influencer marketing, and most importantly, the data and metrics that brands need. I started realizing very quickly in 2017 and 2018 that the data that brands need is becoming less and less easy to get. With privacy concerns all over the place, you know, you have regulation like GDPR and CCPA, you have paid advertising becoming more expensive and more inefficient. You have all of these consumers now that are waking up to what you know they're sharing and are either very okay with it or are very not okay with it. You need to build a new way of getting consumer data. 
So that's why we decided to start Cirque, because we thought, why not build a system where people can share their data? They know what they're sharing. They can control what they're sharing, but they're also compensated directly for the data they share. And that way we can then package that data, anonymize it, and share it directly with companies that want to understand what people are doing on the internet. That immediately became Surf. <laughs> yeah, like not immediately. I wish I could say immediately, but it's taken us five years to get here. And the initial iteration that we had was actually very only focused on social media data. So we thought, why not let people share their social media data and then we can compensate them for it. The problem is they were doing all of that sharing through Instagram and through Twitter. So when the API changes would occur, it became very hard for us to be able to collect that data anymore. So we decided to move away entirely from third-party platforms as a mechanism to get data through. We decided to build our own infrastructure, our own extension that people could download and then share data through that every single day. So again, that whole process took about five years to be able to figure out what works, what doesn't, and definitely having to adapt and pivot from time. You know, it took me five years to build the sales machine. I mean, literally, I spent, I bootstrapped it and spent well over a million dollars, and that's not including my time. I I think that's the barrier to entry. There's a a term for it. What's it called? You got to pay to play? Yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, either with money or time, but definitely time. For sure. <laughs> and, you know, to, to your credit, and uh, I, I was I had uh, dinner with Gary V and the uh, and a couple other uh, individuals. And Gary was just going over. It was almost like a mastermind dinner, but it was really just dinner. But uh, we were all uh, asked. Gary was asking us questions. What do we do? How do we do it? And why do we do it? Right. The same question I asked you from the beginning. And so I explained to him, I'm moving into the SaaS space. Um, And, you know, I went from helping ordinary people with opportunity and products and opportunity become extraordinary uh, with the business I was running. And now I'm helping ordinary companies become extraordinary with the software performance system. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is where I see it's a great play for you. And there's an, I had a colleague there and he, he, you know, is amazing at getting officials elected like presidents and senators. And he's amazing. And Gary's like, I love what you do and I love how you do it. And I love why you do it to this individual. And I won't mention his name. It is confidential. But he said, my only challenge with it is if all your business is through Facebook, and it was specifically Facebook because the the demographics it's not the Instagram people that are voting for a president. Previously, it's getting di- it's different now, but um, at that time, Gary's like, so your entire business model is revolving of, around what Facebook will let you do, and it's political what you do. So at any given time, they can cancel you. And or they can change your API, their API, or no, their algorithms specifically, and you got no business. You're starting from scratch. So kudos to you figuring that out early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a hard realization, honestly, because when the Instagram graph API changed, and by changed, I mean like it got fully deprecated. They just took it out. It meant that literally for about four or five months, we were unable to satisfy a lot of our customers' requests 
you know, Netflix, for example, when, you know, one of our biggest customers, they were getting a ton of data from us, but, you know, they loved the fact that we were enriching that Instagram data. We were adding more content and quality and putting it into a dashboard and creating like automated reports for them to be able to pull anytime they wanted. For about four or five months, we were unable to do that. So for us during that time, it wasn't like, oh no, how do we put a band-aid solution over this problem? It was more, okay, how do we go and and take a look at this entire model and make sure that this problem never affects us again. And that's why we decided to do what we did. We put comparisons on our website. So there's yep. HubSpot, there's Zendesk, there's Udemy. There's like there's five different softwares you would have to have yep. compared to the sales machine because we're an all-in-one system. We don't, we're not really a tool. We're a system, right? And I've had people ask, oh, did you integrate all of those? And I'm like, no, we built them. We built them within so you don't have to have five different solutions. It's troublesome. <laughs> it's very expensive. You have to pay a ton of integration. And with the sales machine, you don't. And we recognize that early on because you really got to make it easy for your customers, not only how to use something, but to understand it and see what is the benefit, the result that you're going to create. And so I want to talk a little bit about that because obviously you've worked with fortune 500 and Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about you, but at the end of the day, when I want to just dewind, you know, I, I don't want to work. I, I want to just give my brain a rest. Right. So, yeah. and I want to do something entertaining. So I'll watch a show or a series. I'll watch a, a show. Right. So, Everybody's got Netflix, even in the Philippines, and I'm currently in Manila, and my team's got Netflix. You know, they buy it, and, and then half their, their family in the province uses it too, right? In saying that, mm -hmm. how did you approach Fortune 500 companies with your value proposition and what was the benefit that you were sharing with them that they would get out of it? Yeah, the cool thing is I got the opportunity early on to do a lot of public speaking. So I was a competitive competitive debater, actually, for a long time. I debated in high school. I debated on a national team in Canada, um, went to two world competitions. And typically, if you debate at a high level, you either want to be a lawyer or a politician. So I actually went into university thinking I wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, obviously, when I decided to drop out, you know, work on Dunk, and then eventually work on Surf, um, I did want to go back to my love for public speaking, but I obviously had to do it in a different way. So I was approached by a really awesome agency in Canada called National Speakers Bureau. They gave me a shot to do some corporate talks. Um, and as I started to do more and more corporate talks, whether it was at Rogers, which is a big telecommunications company in Canada, or whether it was speaking for Western Union, I had the opportunity to be able to do these talks get in front of CMOs, head of communications, people in, in, in authority and power, and kind of show them what I knew. And specifically, what I was talking about was mainly focused towards LinkedIn. And, and kind of this was back in 2016, 2017, when not a lot of companies or even people were posting on LinkedIn. I talked a lot about why everyone needed to have a good LinkedIn strategy. And so I talked a lot about setting up a profile, encouraging your employees to post what they should post how to bucket all of that content, how to get engagement, how to build a community, how to meet that community offline and put that all into a playbook and started speaking on that. So honestly, the way that I was able to get in front of, you know, the Googles or the American Expresses of the world and do talks there and consult directly with them was mainly through, you know, my contacts and speaking. 
uh, and being able to start off by doing a talk at these places, showing them what I know, and then being able to go and send an SOW afterwards to do something a lot bigger with them over the long term. Amen. I love it. I just had Gloria Chow on here yesterday. Um, I had, I mean, I've had a lot of gamers on this, like really just badasses. And you're a young stud, dude. And you're 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 trailblazing, and I love that. And identifying the fact that it's harder than ever to get eyes on you and your brand. And the best way that we call, I, I spoke at uh, Harassus. It's like the World Economic Conference, but in Asia. I've been doing door-to-door, direct selling, in-store selling, boardroom selling, selling from the stage. And they were talking about O2O, online to offline and offline to online, right? And they said, this is what the companies that are going to control the future are the ones that can still go direct or find ways to go indirect, it's too expensive to run ads. And if you get an ad agency, they're going to tell you, well, if it's not working, guess what you need to do? Spend more. (laughs) There you go. There you go. You're the real deal. You're the real deal. They're going to tell you, well, you got to spend more. Or they're going to give you relevant examples of billion-dollar companies and what they're doing who have billion-dollar budgets and say, you got to do what Amazon is doing and Netflix is doing, and you're going to do it all the way to the graveyard. Yeah. Because there's two types of companies, the quick and the dead. And if you listen to these advertising people who don't have 138,000 followers, they're selling you packages and they only have 300 followers on their LinkedIn or 5,000. I see just a lot of false profits out there. So I love what you do and how you did it, especially on stages, Mm -hmm. right? Where you can build relationships. And what other kinds of things did you do offline to get your foot in the door in these Fortune 500 companies? Yeah, another thing is, as I started to grow my LinkedIn following, I did meetups. So I've hosted meetups now in over 45 cities around the world since 2016, including, by the way, Singapore, including Manila. I actually did a talk at, for EO Philippines, and it was very cool to be able to host a meetup right after. So I realized if I'm going to be speaking globally, I might as well, every time I go to a new city, throw a meetup the day before or after the talk that I give. And it's really cool then to be able to invite marketeers, creatives, entrepreneurs, artists to come out to these meetups. You know, the first meetup I threw back in 2016 was in Washington Square Park in New York. Only five people showed up. Two months later, I did one in Shanghai and we had 71 people show up. And not only that, it was very cool because I posted a photo of it. And it was awesome to see that at the time, the CEO of LinkedIn reposted that post and shared it out telling people, this is what we want to see from LinkedIn in terms of why people love the platform and what they should do offline with it. So the meetup, we called it LinkedIn Local, by the way. It still exists. We have like different chapters now and I'm not you know, involved in it anymore. We've kind of given it up to a few volunteers that do it out of the, again, goodness of their heart. Um, but LinkedIn Local is very cool. I'm actually going to London in two days and I'm doing another LinkedIn Local meetup in about a week. Uh, and I'm very excited to be able to go back out to London and do my fourth meetup in London, which which is, again, another way to be able to meet your community, but also more importantly, to meet very cool people that can give you opportunities for consulting, for business, potential people to hire, potential investors, et cetera. Uh, just because I really want this to be relevant for business owners to be able to utilize uh, your experience your skills and the things that you're doing right now, there's a lot of pie out there for everyone. When you approach a company now, 
what's your value proposition of surf so the core thing that we talk about at surf is you know there's a lot of data that companies want access to one of the biggest things they want to know is what are people that are potential buyers of my company potential customers what are they doing on the internet and it's become incredibly hard to know that so what we directly supply to you is the data to understand the publications that a demographic you care about reads, the places they shop at, the videos they watch, the influencers they follow, not just that high level nonsense that you would get from Google Analytics, but very deep data. Because again, we follow people that sign up to our platform on the consumer side. We know every single site where that they go to. We know what videos they click into. We know what ads they're being shown. We know when they've abandoned their cart on checkout. So we can supply all of that data anonymously without having their first and last name included. We can supply all of that data anonymously to companies so they understand what influencers to work with, which partners to call up and start working with directly, and how they need to optimize their site to make it more conducive for selling and checking out. That's insane. That's insane. That's like going to a, a mountain, right? And you know there's gold in there, Right. But you know exactly where to dig and exactly where the gold is in that mountain. And you could save people, companies, tens of millions, billions of dollars. Because it's one thing to know who's your avatar. It's one thing to know who are the, who's, who's the demographic in the marketplace. But it's a completely different thing to know where are they eating it's one thing to be real. The greatest sales skill in the world, I know, is authenticity, right? Yeah. You're actually making an offer. You're never going to connect. Companies can use this to be relatable to them and or offer gift certificates to them for where they shop, where they eat. It's genius, man. You're a genius, dude. Yeah. Well, it's cool that you mentioned the other point also about what they can do with that data is they can give like a gift certificate, a discount, a gift card. We actually now enable that as well. So along with giving companies data, we actually give them the option to also provide us rewards that we can put in our marketplace and show to our consumers. So if you already know that 40% of our user base is going to Sephora, you can give them a discount at the right time and get them to buy from you. Yeah, which creates amazing loyalty. You know, I built the entire sales machine. I went to Salesforce. I went to HubSpot. I went to NetSuite. And I said, look, I need you to put this in a system. Re rewards, recognition, competition, compensation, so that people know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And they want to do it. We, we are a CRM. I'm like, well, that doesn't drive sales. That doesn't drive loyalty for my people. That doesn't inspire people. Mm -hmm. It really did feel like I was talking to the hand. Nobody got it. Nobody got it. I'm like, look, if you want to build and scale a sales team and, you know, not just build and scale, if you want to recruit, train, retain, then you have to align and reward these people. Otherwise, they're going to leave. I know I've done this. We're building something that likely will exist in five, six years. It'll be more common to see these types of companies now figure out that, oh, consumers want compensation and they want transparency and data companies or, or just companies in general want data to understand how to market to people. And if you pair those two problems together, that's what you get with. Which... Yeah. And there's just too much noise. There's trillion dollar companies now. I mean, you couldn't say that even 10 years ago.
There wasn't a, a trillion dollar company. I mean, can you fathom a trillion bucks? <laughs> There's no way for the little guy or the small and medium enterprise businesses to be able to compete and stand out because just having the ad budget to do these things. But if you know where your customers are at, you can go to them online or offline or give them, you know, uh, real value and reward them with real value with the data that you collect anonymously, like phenomenal. Like, you know, I'm signing up, dude. Um, I'm serious. Like this is priceless. So how'd you get Amazon? I mean, did you just meet Jeff on a plane? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Amazon Prime Gaming is uh, one of our customers and we actually met them through a really cool agency in Canada called Engine Shop. So Engine Shop was an agency. They were looking for a partner that could supply Amazon Prime Gaming, not only data, but the chance to get in front of gamers. And we have a pretty good gaming audience within our existing consumer base that downloaded our extension and utilizes it every day. So we decided to work directly with Amazon Prime Gaming. The pilot went really well. And then the brand realized, why are we going through Engine Shop? We can just work directly with Surf. So we decided to work directly with Amazon Prime Gaming and They've been a customer now for three years, along with some other kind of enterprises like HP, Electronic Arts that have been with us now for, for a long time. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of parents, you know, they talk about screen time and, you know, kids are throwing their lives away to gaming. But, you know, the top gamers in the world make millions or people that make games make millions. Um, and it's just reality, right? Um, you, And I'm not going to go down that 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 rabbit hole. But what I do want to talk about is, you know, how people can be real and relevant and actually utilize uh, your system because it's a sophisticated system. I mean, it's like you, you, you walk in a crowd, right? And then you're walking in a crowd and there's an icon that shows up above their head. This is how I'm visualizing what you do, right? Customer. They're, they're our client, they're our client, they're not, they're our client, they're our client. Look at, there's gold everywhere, but it's all about where are you searching? You know, I had an, an expert on the show yesterday and she's in public relations. She's brilliant. She, she worked for the U.S. government, right? She, she like, she is so good at what she does and how she does it. But now she took her skills and went public and, you know, she knows all the people at the New York Times and, and all these different publications, whether it's Forbes, Fortune, Inc., because she cold called them and, and she built these relationships, right? But we were talking yesterday about her offers and I help people just increase their offers um, and get their value for, for their value proposition. And what, what, the analogy I gave her was, hey, I love what you do. Um, and I've worked with her before. Full disclosure, she's, she's you know, did my PR write-ups and everything to launch the sales machine. And um, so her offer, though, is she's, she's, she's fishing in a pond. So what's the biggest fish is the analogy I gave her that you're going to catch in that pond. You're, you're just going to catch perch. Right. You might you might catch a crappie or, you know, a small bass. Right. Not even a big mouth bass. 
you got to go to a river for that, right? So where are you fishing? And, and how big of a net are you using? You know what I mean? So if you want whales, you got to go deep sea fishing, right? And, or whaling. And, I, you know, I'm not subscribing to that. It's an analogy. Come on. <laughs> and if you want tuna, you got to be in the ocean. So if you want $10,000 clients, you got to be in the ocean or a really big lake, right? So, and it, it, just a light bulb went off for her. And she's like, oh my God, I get it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ever have a higher level client unless I put myself in front of them, which is what you did on stages. But you gotta do it in front of corporate stages, right? And that's the O2O that these people are talking about, ladies and gentlemen, at the highest level conferences in the world. I mean, we had Erickson, uh, we had Mackenzie there. There's, you know, a Gartner, there's all of these uh, governments talking about this. And you literally have cracked the code how to do it anonymously to find whatever size fish you want. You want to. You want to, you want to, do you want, and do you want a fish or do you want a mammal? Yeah. I mean, I think from, from our end, we're, we're just excited to, to continue to grow this model. Like, I don't think there's st anything stopping us. Um, obviously one of the things we've thought a lot about though, is like, do we want to continue doing this? Do we want to potentially work with a bigger company? So we have explored even on the M&A side right now, like what could a potential acquisition look like? Uh, who are those players out there that might be interested in adopting our technology, our team, our customers? So we're definitely thinking about it um, just to make sure that, you know, if the iron is hot, it might not be a bad idea to look down that route as well right now. And, you know, that's one of the questions I was going to ask you, because ultimately, ultimately, there's, you know, you can grow organically, you can grow exponentially with uh, partners, but mergers and acquisitions are enormous. And to me, it just sounds like a normal play. It really does seem to me like you would be the only obvious choice to do business with, with a loyalty app for small business, like what we're doing with fun crowds. I have not heard of anybody else doing what you guys do at the highest level. Like you, like you go to the mountain, you say, don't dig there. Don't dig there. You're on the wrong side of the mountain. This is going to take you years. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just go right to the left, 90 degrees, dig there. There's your gold. Now you're in the money. And and just keep rewarding. So it's it's going to be your evolution. I see that your natural evolution is to have the app the loyalty apps for small businesses and you already do white label, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've already done a couple of white label deals where we will build an extension for you. We'll white label our dashboard, our we'll even white label our giveaways platform if you want to run a custom giveaway, but do it on your own website, not on our website. So we have a number of options to be able to work directly with an enterprise and make them feel like, hey, if we're going to promote this solution to our audience and bring our audience over we're going to do it with the T-Mobile brand, the T-Mobile colors, the T-Mobile name. So 100%, we have that ability as well to white label. Yeah, well, what you guys are doing is genius because it's an unfair advantage. <laughs> so if there's company A using your technology and they're rewarding, recognizing their customers, 
consistently, people aren't going to go to across the street to company B. Yeah. Because they don't feel appreciated. And yeah. business, I don't care what anybody says, business and sales, it's still all about relationships. And sales are something you do for people, not to them. Who have been your mentors in business? There've been a few for sure. There've been quite a few. Um, I mean, all the way from like the onset of my career, there were people like, um, if I looked at, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk for sure, Gary and I have spoken together at two events. He, he's always been very, you know, I haven't spoken honestly to him in a while, but especially in the early days of building certified, almost email him weekly and get a lot of advice from him, which was nice. Um, Casey Neistat in New York, uh, he was part of our creator circle. So uh, very cool to be able to interact with him a number of times. And he actually taught me a lot. And, you know, also his disciple, Sam Sheffer, taught me a lot about meeting your community that you've built online, offline. And that's actually why I started meetups in the first place in New York. Um, there are also people now like Manny Pata, Ryan Holmes from Hootsuite, uh, Jason Robbins, who runs DraftKings, Michelle Romanoff from ClearCo, um, Michael Hyatt, who ran Blue Cat Networks and sold that. There's a number of entrepreneurs that I think I've learned a lot from. Um, and especially, you know, even now, like I find that I learn a lot even just by coming on podcasts like this and, you know, reading books, getting audiobooks, listening to podcasts. Like there's so many ways to consume content and learn now. It's not even funny. So, I, I tend to try as much as possible every day to put myself in situations where I can learn something new if possible, either from the people around me or, or the people and content that I consume. Ultimately, it's not just tools that you're talking about right here, but you really are connecting dots for people. If they can really listen up and hear about how to get themselves in front of Fortune 500, it's not just about cold calling. It's going to the events where they're at is be getting involved. Matthew McConaughey says, you know, don't, don't, don't show up and, and just be impressed, right? Get involved, right? Get involved. And then you, you're going to have a voice and people are going to hear your voice. As long as you built your own credibility and competence and value, people are, it, you'll be surprised how many people will then become impressed because you're involved and that's what you've done. Yeah. Like I'm listening to every word you say, like I see the words come off your tongue and there's so many things that you've done, right? I mean, from getting involved in LinkedIn to the point, the LinkedIn founder says this dude Swiss, this is how you do it. If you want to be successful on LinkedIn, the CEO gives you credit, right? Yeah. And yeah. I so for everybody out there listening, be involved, put yourself out there, right? And there's another thing you did that is just absolutely phenomenal and that I, I just took something away from, and that's your meets, right? Your meetups. So it's all about your community and how are you taking care of your customers, your clients, I actually did a, a meditation before I even got, you know, came into the office this morning. I was up at uh, like five doing a meditation. And then I do something new I'm doing is visualization. And before I would visualize my team, I would visualize different things that I was doing, training my people, um, you know, shaking hands with people around the world to, to, to empower them with the sales machine. But one visualization I actually had this morning was 
having an annual dinner and not just having my people there, but our top clients in the world at like our Christmas party, right? Which is, uh, it's a play out of your playbook, right? Because you're with your top people and your clients all the time. And even if you travel the globe, you're meeting up with your clients and your people. It's like, it's refreshing, Swish, because you, your your entire value proposition is not just a tool. It's 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 a strategy, but it's a strategy of relationship building with your community. And you you don't just offer a solution. You're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, even one more tip I would add to that is interview people. You know, one of the ways I was able to meet a lot of my early investors was I wrote a article series on LinkedIn and Medium called Unconventional, where I just interviewed high net worth people that I looked up to that were doing really cool things. And, you know, a lot of times people would, would get back to me uh, and they'd say, hey, yeah, come, come, come and meet me and we'll do the interview. Some people were like, oh, we'll do it virtually on a phone call. You can write down the answers and then put in, put an article together. And that's what I did in my first and second year of college, just to start to get in front of some people that I really wanted to get in touch off. Uh, some of those people eventually invested in Surf. Some of those people became really close mentors. Um, so that would be another tip. You know, it's beyond speaking at events where your customers are, beyond speaking, um, you know, beyond even hosting meetups or posting content, interview people. Uh, and one thing I also, by the way, saw is a ton more people reply to an interview request than a coffee request. Because when you you know go and take someone out for coffee, you're taking time away from them. Versus when you interview someone, yeah, you're taking time away from them, but you're also giving them something of value in terms of a podcast episode or an article that comes out. That's obviously something that they probably would want to share if it's done well. You know, you've got to make it easy for people to want to do business with you and or right up front give value. So. You know, a lot of the things that I do, and I'm, I just now started growing my LinkedIn because full disclosure, Swish, I'm not famous. I haven't been out there in the public. And I, a lot of people mention a lot of mentors and stuff in the United States. And I don't even know a lot of people. And that's the mm -hmm. reality. And I'm not going to act like I do. It, I don't. And that's okay. Because for I had my head down for 30 years giving opportunity to ordinary people with my systems and products so they could become extraordinary. And I didn't need the outside world so much. And then I didn't even build the sales machine to be, and I never even dreamt of being in software ever, right? I don't know shit about software or I didn't. I know a lot now because it cost me millions of my own money, right? So really, if I want, you know, I, I hang out with Brad Lee and he owns Lightspeed VT. It's the first learning management system system out there, right? Um, you know, lots of Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, all these people have all of their courseware on Brad's Lightspeed, right? Um, but, you know, he's like, you just got to put yourself out there. John, I mean, the knowledge you have is priceless. There's so many companies out there that would dream of having you as an advisor and your technology. Like they just don't even know it, it exists. You got to get yourself out there. And what you, the way you do it is priceless. So I went and spoke on stages and I spoke at EO here too. And I'm getting more and more involved and I'm comfortable in my skin because 
I did door-to-door sales in seven different countries um, for the first seven years of my career, right? So, I mean, that's hardcore shit. I mean, I've had... I've had people try to kill me, like in Oakland, California, crackhead came out with a a machete, right? He's like, give me your merchandise. And I'm like, no, I don't have any money, dude. I got to pay my rent. And he's like, give me it or I'm going to stick you. And and he's, he's, and I'm like, no, man, I need this. And I was selling baggy beach pants, man, literally. And he's like, give me them. And I'm like, no, I can't. And I'm like, shit. And I wanted to cry, right? I'm like, what am I going to do? This guy's going to stick me. So I finally gave him the pants. And I was like, shit. Now I got to go pay for those pants, right? Because they're on consignment. I'm not going to tell you how to brand or whatever, but you could definitely own it all. Yeah, no, I, I try to do whatever I can. You know, I try to try to you know spend time with aspiring young entrepreneurs. Obviously, I see myself in them. Uh, I've gotten a bit older now. Um, still, you know, thankfully in my in my mid twenties, I'm not you know not in my you know fifties or sixties or seventies yet. But there's Ow. still a lot of life. I know that. Wow. <laughs> I'll be fifty-five um, in February. But, that, but you don't look like that, man. You look great. You look great for your age. <laughs> well, I have a six-year-old boy. Well, he'll be six in February, and uh, yeah. he keeps me young. My lady keeps me young. My team keeps me I young. Love that. And I love life. Yeah. Life is yeah. beautiful. Yeah, well, that's how you stay youthful. On that, it's that love and that passion for life that that keeps people young, which is great. But no, I, I try to do as much as I can, and um, yeah, I, I obviously love speaking. I put a lot of what I know about, you know, young, like youth entrepreneurship and raising money and starting a business all into a book as well and shared that out. And, uh, I am really like an open book at the end of the day. So if someone asked me for, you know, tips and stuff, I, I try to just be an open book and share whatever I, I think is correct and what, whatever it is I would do if I was in their shoes. The things you've been giving us is, are absolutely priceless and totally appreciate it. How do uh, people find you, Swish? I'm definitely going to follow up. Yeah, with you. very much. Yeah, very much appreciate you know you having me on the show. Please definitely do follow up. And yeah, people are interested in reaching out. Um, if you want to learn more about Surf, go to joinsurf.com. Um, if you want to learn more about me, you can go onto my LinkedIn, Swish Kaswami, or you can go onto Instagram and put go Swish at go Swish. Um, feel free to reach out. Let me know you listen to the pod, and I'd love to obviously reply and get back to you. Okay, great. And please, uh, you know, we'll send you an email. I will want your address. I'd love to send you a gift for jumping on here. That's a wrap, folks. Thanks for joining me today. And if you got value from this episode, do me a favor. Like, subscribe, and refer a friend. And if you want even more value, go to thesalesmachine.com. Click on resources. And there's tons of resources there to increase profits and drive performance in your business. Right on, right on, come on.